Keandre Miller is out of the lineup tonight due to personal reasons for the clash against the Toronto Maple Leafs. How should the Rangers attempt to deal with Miller's absence against such a high-powered opponent? We discuss on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 960 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. So a lot to talk about today and uh, certainly nothing bigger, nothing more pressing than the uh, absence of Keandre Miller for this clash against the Maple Leafs a little bit later tonight, a couple of hours from now, in fact, is when the puck drops. And obviously, look, it's rough to lose anybody for any game, any amount of time, but certainly uh, against a high-powered Toronto Maple Leafs team with no shortage of offensive threats, it's not exactly the ideal uh, game to be without one of your top four defensemen. Uh, but first and foremost here, let me just say uh, all the best to Keandre Miller. Right now, we don't really know a whole lot of details here, and I, I do think it's good that the NHL and uh, the Rangers specifically in this instance, they try to, it seems like they try to at least respect their players' privacy as much as they can, and there's only so much they can do. You're a pro athlete. You're always going to be in the limelight. But right now, all we really know about it is that Miller was not at practice today and will not be in the lineup uh, for this game against the Leafs. Once again, to due to what is being called personal reasons. And Peter Laviolette was asked about uh, Miller's status after the practice today. He declined to mention whether this would be a one-game thing or whether this is something that uh, could go on for a little bit longer than just the one game tonight. Uh, So we'll see. And once again, seems like whatever it is, the Rangers are keeping it as close to the vest as possible and keeping it as as, uh, private as they possibly can uh, for Ke'Andre Miller. So once again, all the best uh, to Ke'Andre Miller. I'm really not going to speculate on what it could be because, you know, you hear personal reasons and we're only human. You know, your imagination can go in a couple of different directions in a situation like that. The only conclusion I'll draw from this is that it can't be an injury because if it was an injury, there'd be no reason to call it personal and we'd be getting the uh, either the upper body designation or the lower body injury designation. And we haven't gotten either of those. So uh, we'll see. And again, all the best to Keandre Miller. Uh, but the Rangers, without Miller in the lineup tonight, going to have to make some adjustments to the lineup. And a lot of you going to be interested to know that uh, the Rangers have called up Matthew Robertson, defenseman uh, from the Hartford Wolfpack. We're going to talk about Robertson a little bit more in just a couple of minutes here. Um, but you got to figure for this game, at least against the Leafs tonight, and I haven't seen any concrete confirmation of this, but you got to figure, you know, Matthew Robertson, at least for the time being, probably going to operate as a seventh defenseman, and you'll see Zach Jones slot back into the lineup uh, for the Rangers in this game. Jones has played 11 games for the Rangers so far this season, has three assists, is also a minus five, and has averaged 13 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time per night. And as far as what you could do, how you kind of shuffle the deck and mix and match and which defenseman should be playing with which defenseman, a couple of different ways you could go here. I'd be more decisive about what I would like to see the Rangers do if I knew how long Keandre Miller was going to be out, you know, if it's going to be a short-term thing versus a long-term thing. Um, I think for starters, 
leave Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren together. I, I don't really see any reason to break the two of them up. Normally when this happens and it's going to be a short-term thing, which for now, I mean, it's hard to assume anything with this situation with Miller, but if it's going to be a short-term thing, I think that's all the more reason to leave Fox and Lindgren together as you typically uh, would do. And the other thing that I would do if it was going to be short-term, and I knew that for sure, typically I would want to leave uh, as many of the defensemen together as you could. And then just, you know, whoever's coming into the lineup takes the place of whoever just went out of the lineup. But I think in this case, let's, I'm kind of, I'm leaning toward this. Let's bump Eric Gustafson from the third pairing up to the second pairing with Jacob Truba or, you know, one and one A, whatever it is, you know, the, the top two pairings for the Rangers are fairly interchangeable, whether, you know, one is considered the top pairing or the second pairing. But bottom line, what I consider the top pairing, you get Fox and Lindgren. And then for the second pairing, let's once again, move up Gustafson, have him playing opposite Jacob Truba on that second pairing. And then let's go ahead, put Zach Jones back in the lineup and put him with Braden Schneider on the third pairing. Doing this allows Eric Gustafson to return to a top four role. And that is a role in which he excelled when Adam Fox was not available, when he was not on the ice. You, know, you had Eric Gustafson uh, playing on the top pairing with Ryan Lindgren. You also had Gustafson on the power play, the top power play unit. And he did well in both of those roles. And Gustafson, you know, I wouldn't say he's really like in a slump or anything like that, but I, I certainly don't think he's played poorly. But the last handful of games, you know, there's been a couple of times where he's been beat. Um, you know, the, the other night, Dubois put just a ridiculous move on Gustafson and got around him and got to the net. Uh, Quick was able to make the save. But I do feel like, you know, recently Gustafson has cooled off a little bit, which was expected. You know, Gustafson's not going to play like a bona fide Norris Trophy uh, candidate for the entire season. But he's gone from being, you know, a huge part of this team to kind of just the last handful of games. He's kind of just there. You know, he's not really hurting the Rangers in any significant way. Um, but not doing quite as much to help them, I, I think, as he was earlier in the season. So uh, let's go ahead and knock him back up into a top four role there. He can be uh, opposite of Jacob True. And maybe that gets him going a little bit. You got to figure certainly in the absence of Ke'Andre Miller, uh, somebody like Gustafson, you know, his ice time is going to pick up quite a bit as well. Um, and like I said, he excelled in the top four when Adam Fox was out. So let's go ahead and go back to that. Now, some people here might hear this and might think that like, oh, you're going to put Jones and Schneider back together. That could be a little dicey. They were up and down. I mean, they, they had some rough games. There's no doubt about that. There was one game in particular where I really was holding my breath every time they were on the ice. They were under fire and uh, just didn't seem like they were on the same page at times. But then they also had some games where I, I thought they did just fine, you know, for a, a third pair duo. I, I thought they did okay. Um, so I, I think in a game like this against Toronto, that's another thing. You know, again, you're up against this high-powered machine and now you've got Schneider and Jones out there together. Uh, I think you kind of lean on your top four a little bit, uh, which, you know, most teams do that anyway. But I, I think it's okay to have a game where, you know, you're looking at 20-plus minutes for, you know, guys like the obvious guys, Fox, um, Lindgren, Truba, and now Gustafson. They're going to be our top four. And then, you know, a little bit less time for guys like, um, you know, like Jones and, and Schneider. They're not going to be out there quite as often. And I think... You know, this also kind of leaves a little bit of a hole for the penalty kill because on the PK, they typically have Lindgren and Truba together. You can keep those two together if you're shorthanded. I think now, instead of Fox and Miller, probably go with uh, Fox and Gustafson, I would think. I mean, you know, Schneider and... I mean, Schneider and Fox both play the right side, so you're pretty much deciding between, um, you know, either Gustafson or Jones to play opposite Adam Fox while the Rangers are shorthanded. Neither one is like a bona fide, like, oh man, get this guy on the ice when the Rangers are shorthanded. But Gustafson is the veteran. He's been around a little bit. Zach Jones is just getting back into the lineup after not playing in a while. I lean a little bit toward Gustafson in a situation uh, such as that. So we'll see how the Rangers look to do it. 
Um, but I think overall, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm throwing Gustafson back onto the second pairing with Truba, and Zach Jones goes back in the lineup on the third pairing with Braden Schneider. But the other defenseman who's kind of uh, in the mix here in the equation, he's kind of entered the chat, so to speak, is Matthew Robertson. Uh, a lot of you guys know the story, and a lot of you, I think, have been kind of looking for the Rangers to eventually give Matthew Robertson a chance. It's a pretty highly touted draft pick a few years ago. He was taken in the second round at number 49 overall in the class of 2019. Now 23 years old, uh, six foot four, 201 pounds, lefty shot. And if he does get into the Rangers during uh, Miller's absence here, that will be uh, his NHL debut. So that would certainly be intriguing in and of itself. Uh, 22 games with the Wolfpack this year for Robertson. No goals, eight assists. He's a minus two. And you guys let me know. You know, some of you, I, I know you go to a lot of Wolfpack games. You're in that area. It's convenient. And obviously, AHL hockey's awesome. And I'm well overdue to get to a Hartford Wolfpack game. But you guys let me know. Those of you that are getting to watch the Wolfpack uh, in person, multiple times this season. Let me know. How does he look? Does this guy, you know, carry himself like an NHL or does he look like he's ready for the show? Be very curious to see, uh, or hear rather, uh, what some of you guys have to say about Robertson. And again, whether we see Robertson or not, if we assume that it's going to be Jones tonight, which I think it is, uh, whether we see Robertson or not is going to be determined by a couple of different things. One being, of course, how long is K. Andre Miller going to be out of the lineup? And also, I think, how does Zach Jones do in this game against Toronto? If Jones plays well, then that's great. He probably earns himself uh, another game if Miller's still not available. If he goes out there and struggles, maybe Matthew Robertson jumps in the lineup. I, I got to figure that the Rangers calling up Matthew Robertson, even if he's inactive tonight, that still would suggest to me that they're at least giving him some, giving some consideration to throwing him out there on the ice for an NHL game. Because if they weren't really considering him, if they didn't see him as a serious option, then what probably would have happened is they would have caught up a prospect instead of Robertson. You know, you you get like a uh, Mac Holloway, a Connor Mackey called up. Um, Nico Bruyard, I think, is off to a good start with the Wolfpack as well. One of those veteran players, the, the NHL, AHL swingmen type, rather than, you know, one of your prospects. The fact that they called up Robertson, I got to think they're at least considering it, uh, that being throwing him onto the ice for an NHL game. And, and once again, all the best to Keandre Miller. Uh, gets a lot of minutes, has had mostly a good season for the Rangers. Uh, a solid draft pick from years ago. Somebody who goes out there and more often than not gets the job done. Uh, 26 games this year, five goals, seven assists, plus five. Averaging 22 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time, 34 block shots, 24 hits, 17 takeaways against nine giveaways. Uh, Miller brings it far far more often than not. He, he's not above the occasional hiccup, the occasional slump. Uh, we saw you know the puck stolen from him the other night, and um, the Kings went in on a rush. But uh, Miller overall has been a very good player for the Rangers and a uh, true homegrown success story when it comes to the Rangers, you know, drafting players. I uh, got to keep everything rolling. Just a second here, I want to switch our attention to something that's a little bit more of kind of like a broad NHL uh, debate here. I'll explain what I mean in just a second. Those of you on YouTube, you can look in the graphic and there's a little bit of a hint for you there already, but we'll talk about that. And we'll also get to a little bit of a preview uh, for Rangers and Leafs tonight. Cause I, I think that should probably be a pretty exciting game. Um, and, and one that you're definitely not going to want to miss. So we'll get to all that in just a second. First though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by game time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. An awesome feature, by the way. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without all those annoying hidden fees. 
Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. We do want to let everybody know quickly, though, that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's go ahead, keep everything rolling here. And for the everydayers, our next episode, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, whatever happens between the Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And um, if there's any other developments on the Keandre Miller situation, uh, certainly we'll update you guys on that as well. But for right now, again, I want to shift my attention here to something that, again, it's more of an NHL kind of a storyline here than a Rangers storyline, which is pretty rare for this podcast. But it's something that I've been meaning to get to, and that's uh, the issue of neck guards in the NHL. Uh, we have seen, and I'm going to have a proposal for, for what can be done with neck guards, but we've seen more players around the league, the NHL, uh, start to wear neck guards in the wake of what was obviously the tragic passing of Adam Johnson. Uh, that was during a game in Europe on October 28th. Just obviously a horrible, tragic thing that happened. And I always say this, but um, it's a miracle to me that that stuff doesn't happen more often, that we don't see more accidents with the skates, more close calls. Uh, when you Think of just how chaotic and uh, how how crazy NHL games can be and uh, how big and how fast and how strong everybody is out there and how fast everything's moving around. Just a miracle that it does not happen more often than it does. But in the wake of that happening, we have seen some players in the NHL start to wear neck guards a little bit more often. Uh, TJ Oshie, uh, he, I think, might have been one of the first ones that kind of reacted to what happened there and put on a neck guard. And they asked him about it after the game. And he said by his second shift that, you know, he barely even knew that it was there. He kind of just forgot about it. And for the Rangers, uh, Nick Bonino recently started wearing one. And then not too long after that, Blake Wheeler followed suit. And the two of them, I mean, unless I missed something, and I know I didn't miss it in the last game because I was looking for it. Um, the two of them, since they both made the decision to wear a neck guard, have stuck with it. They've wore, worn a neck guard Every game from the first time that Bonino and Wheeler uh, put the neck guard on. But here's my proposal with neck guards. One way or another, make them mandatory. And I should just say, hang on right now, because I can already like like feel some people saying like, oh, you know, it's not up to you. It's up to the players. It's their personal choice. If they don't want to wear them, they don't have to, et cetera, et cetera. If that's your stance, I totally get it. I'll hear you out at least. Happy to hear, you know, an opposing point of view on this. But I just want everybody for a minute here to think about, you know, how hockey has kind of evolved over the years. The NHL used to have a culture, I and mean, we're going back decades and decades and decades now, but still, they used to have a culture where players who wore helmets were considered soft and they were the subject of ridicule for doing so. Now, think about the NHL today and think about just how, and what we know about concussions for that matter, and think about just how wild it would be for somebody to be out there not wearing a helmet in today's NHL. And it really wasn't that long ago where that was still a thing. And where are we talking here? Like 25 years? I know Craig McTavish was the last player, former Ranger, 1994 Stanley Cup champion, the last player to not wear a helmet. Um, But obviously now, I mean, you can't even imagine players out there, you know, not wearing a helmet. So, you know, the helmet has gone from something that supposedly only soft players wear to it now needs to be worn by everybody. And 
once that was made mandatory, the, the rule that they had was that any player who was in the NHL before the helmets were made mandatory, they could continue to not wear one if they so desired. And some players chose to do that. But now, of course, we're at the point where all those players are long since retired and um, everybody wears a helmet. And the same exact thing happened with visors. And it's interesting because I saw an article. I looked this up not that long ago because, again, I, I was planning on talking about this topic for quite some time. But I looked up an article and was always going to go back to it. And then this article I looked up today was actually updated yesterday. Uh, it's an article that just kind of highlights the remaining NHL players without visors. And the players, you know, if you want a quick roll call here, we're down to just seven players in the, in the NHL that are playing without visors. And I knew that the number was dwindling. I didn't realize it was that low. But the list is Ryan O'Reilly, Zach Bogosian, uh, the Ben brothers, Jamie and Jordy, Matt Martin, our old friend Ryan Reeves and Milan Lucic. And I'm not so sure Lucic is coming back. That That's a whole other story for another day. Um, but the bottom line is it's the same deal here. The, their players, once this was made mandatory to wear a visor, anybody who was already in the league could continue to not wear one if, if, they, if they so desired. But eventually all those players will retire and we'll have a whole, a whole league where everybody is wearing a visor. Uh, other safety precautions over the years. Hockey games for a long time didn't have nets above the glass. Now they're there. Um, it didn't happen until after the death of a 13-year-old girl at a Columbus Blue Jackets game all the way back in 2002. And, you know, I feel like maybe at first people didn't really want the nets, but now you go to a game, do you even notice them? I mean, when's the last time you've heard somebody say anything about the protective nets, complain about them in any way? Think about social media and all the things that people get mad about and all the things that people complain about. Nobody ever says anything about the protective nets in hockey. Kind of the same deal in baseball, too. You know, they've extended those protective nets. They've always been behind home plate, but they've extended them down the foul lines now as well. And everything I just mentioned here, what do they all have in common? Once again, nobody really has any issue with any of it. There's no NHL players that are coming into the league and demanding to not wear a helmet, demanding to not wear a visor. Nobody cares about the protective nets. People probably appreciate the fact uh, that they're there. And again, however you may feel about net guards being made mandatory, the bottom line, it's going to happen. Like if you just follow the history of hockey and you look at the way things evolve in hockey and in other sports too, there's always more of an emphasis on player safety and on fan safety. And that being the case, you know, it just feels like that's the natural progression here. But my big thing here for the NHL, the plea that I'm going to make for the NHL here is let's not wait for something horrible else to happen and then say that neck guards are mandatory. Because if you look at some of these other examples here, you know, the, the protective netting is one that comes to mind. Um, don't let it, there be a situation where somebody has to have something horrible happen, possibly even lose their life to then make the, the change um, for, for there to be more safety. And my stance here, once again, let, let's be proactive. Again, all the best to, uh, you know, Adam Johnson, all of his family, all of his friends and everything. It's a horribly tragic situation uh, that happened over there. But I, I think that, you know, the best way that maybe to, to honor him or one of the ways that you can honor him is to try to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Try to get neck guards onto these players. And I don't know if you just come down as the league and say, okay, every single player from this point on has to wear a neck guard. Uh, maybe you do it the way that you did it with the helmet and with the visor where anybody that comes into the league from now on has to wear the neck guard. But, you know, you watch, you, you look at these players and I don't know if Bonino and Wheeler have talked extensively about it, but they put them on and they're totally cool with it. Um, it doesn't seem to, and I'm no, you know, equipment expert or anything like that, but it doesn't seem to really affect anybody in any negative way. And I don't know, maybe, maybe something you could do is you have a certain designated game 
where every player from every team for just one night has to wear the neck guard. Maybe doing that, you know, some of these players realize, oh, hey, you know, this isn't really that bad. I'm, I'm fine with this and it's going to protect me. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of go forward with it. But again, I just want to say my piece on that because I just don't want there to be a situation like, like what happened with Adam Johnson. I mean, picture like that. I don't even want to say this, but if that happened to like a player on the Rangers where, you know, the, the skate comes up and, and they're down on the ice, I, I don't even want to think about that. It's a horrific situation. And those neck guards, again, I'm no expert on the matter. They don't seem to really inhibit the players. They don't really seem to affect them in any major way, except for the fact that they do provide at least some protection. I mean, they're not perfect. They're not like you're invincible if you're wearing these, but they give you a little bit more protection than you would obviously otherwise have. And again, I just don't want to see anything like that ever happen again. So that's my piece on that. Again, it's something that I've been meaning to get to, wanted to, uh, you know, eventually work my way back to it. And now I have. So again, that's my plea to the NHL is uh, let's be proactive about this and not have another tragedy because I, I don't think anybody wants to see that. So anyway, going to switch our attention in just a second back to the Rangers. Going to talk a little bit about their matchup tonight. They play host to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Always a really fun matchup between these teams. Ton of skill on the ice both ways. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Our Timmy Panarin could score 50 goals. The New York Rangers could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Panarin or Kreider or Mika Zibanejad will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Reindeer fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, so on to this matchup tonight between the Rangers and Leafs. Certainly a game that you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in. Uh, if your NHL team isn't playing tonight, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to check out this one. There's just stars up and down the lineup on both sides, and both teams off to a good start this year. The Leafs are currently, you know, I feel like they actually got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they've picked it up recently. Uh, they're currently third in the Atlantic, 14-6-5. Rangers leading the Metro at 19-6-1. Uh, the Rangers, by the way, I haven't really checked the standings in a while because when your team just keeps winning and winning and winning, and you know they're in first place, you know, they're they're obviously going to stay there. But had to check it out today. The Rangers are six points clear of the Islanders, who are now in second place in the Metro. Uh, and the Rangers also have a game in hand on the Islanders. So a little bit of cushion. You can never get too comfortable. You can never really take your foot off the gas. But obviously, you know, a very strong start to the season for the Rangers. As far as uh, some of the stats to look at, team stats, uh, Leafs are ninth in goals per game. Goals for that is uh, the Rangers are 14th. You almost expect each team, each of those two teams to be a little bit higher on that list, considering all the threats that they have uh, goals allowed per game. The Rangers are eighth. The Leafs are 17th. Uh, both teams really strong on special teams, both ways. The Rangers are number two on the power play at 30%. The Leafs are seventh on the power play at 24.7%. Uh, as for the PK, the Rangers are number eight at 84.7 and the Leafs are number 15 at 80. 
0.8%. And the Rangers, here's an interesting matchup. The face-off circle. Rangers are still number one in hockey. Saying that sentence out loud just continues to blow my mind because that's an area where they have struggled so badly for so long. Even just being average would have been such a welcome change. The fact that they're number one, uh, every time I say I cannot believe those words are, le are leaving my mouth, but Rangers are number one in hockey on face-offs at 55.7%. Leafs, though, number three at 53.6%. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch in this game. And you never know. The game could be decided on a face-off won or loss either way uh, by these teams. Obviously, a matchup to keep our eye on. Uh, Leafs are also, this is notable, on the second game of a back-to-back -back they were defeated last night by the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. Leafs actually tied the game with seven seconds left. Morgan Riley scored, but then the Islanders won 46 seconds into the overtime on a goal by Bo Horvat. So uh, we'll see if that affects the Leafs at all. You know, playing in the second game of a back-to-back, -back, what was a spirited game against the Islanders. My understanding is the Islander fans were not at all kind to John Tavares, but uh, it is what it is. Obviously, you know, he was there for a long time, but went to the Maple Leafs and um, yeah, that's kind of where things stand there. But uh, also of note, uh, Toronto now has at least one point in 11 of its last 12 games. So that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. A little bit of a slow start for Toronto to this season, but they've really picked it up in a major way recently, really firing on all cylinders. And as far as the offensive threats and the guys that uh, are, you know, obviously dangerous uh, when they're on the ice and always a threat to score, it's everybody you would expect. Uh, the big four for Toronto. You've got Nylander with 34 points, Matthews 28, Marner with 26, Tavares with 25. Uh, and they're all hot lately too, which does not make this any easier. Uh, Nylander has a goal and six assists in his last five games. Matthews has five goals and two assists in his last five games. Marner's got four goals, two assists in his last five. Tavares has a goal and four assists in his last five games. So I think now, you know, obviously we talked about Keandre Miller for a while at the top of this episode. You can see even more uh, why this is not the game where you don't want where you want to be without Keandre Miller. You don't ever want to be without Keandre Miller, but when you're up against this kind of an attack, uh, I think that's certainly even more true. And again, whatever's going on with Miller, obviously we hope everything's okay. And what, whatever it might be, there's a chance that hockey is very, very secondary to that. Um, so we'll obviously, you know, respect his privacy and keep our fingers crossed that everything's okay and that he can get back to hockey uh, sooner rather than later. Um, as far as, you know, the, the final kind of bow on this preview here, you got the goalie matchup, Martin Jones, is listed as the confirmed starter for Toronto. Igor, right before I hit record here, was listed as likely for the Rangers. Uh, Jones is actually the third-string goalie for Toronto and has only played in one game this season. He stopped 9 of 10 shots in a relief appearance. Uh, for Jones' career, he's actually had like a better career than I was anticipating when I looked up his career stats. 226, 163, and 35. Also has 28 shutouts, a 271 goals against average, a 905 save percentage. Now, his play in recent seasons has slipped quite a bit, but I also chalk that up to playing on what has been a really, really bad Sharks team for most of it. Obviously, he's now at Toronto, but um, somebody that obviously can play well and has had a solid career, 33 years old now, so... Um, the Rangers, it's interesting, you know, they get a little bit of a break playing a backup goalie for the second straight game. But by that same token, uh, Jones is somebody that's certainly capable of uh, getting you a win. And I, I think it's a good call for the Rangers to go back to Igor. Once again, uh, he was listed as the likely starter for this game. Obviously, you know, Jonathan Quick was very, very good in the last one, but it's kind of a heavyweight matchup here. I don't think you want Igor sitting around for too long. If you want him to kind of work his way out of this, probably the best way is to get him back out there. And after this, I, I want to say that the Rangers actually do not play until Friday, I think it is. And if you guys bear with me for just a second, I can go ahead and look up the schedule here. But 
Yeah, I mean, if you so so yes, they don't play until Friday. That is going to be against the Edmonton Oilers. But if you or rather the Anaheim Ducks, that would be. But if you were not going to play Igor in this game, then that would be quite the layoff. Uh, he would go from last Saturday until this upcoming Friday without playing at all. And I just don't think you want to do that with your franchise goalie. Uh, coming off of a rough game against the Caps, although the Rangers were just really bad in that game in general, but a chance to bounce back. And, um, you know, for anybody who might be a little bit worried, a little bit nervous about Igor, um, first of all, let me just say, I do think his best days are ahead of him. He will eventually right the ship here, as he did last season. You know, he went through some struggles around this time of the year last year. Um, maybe a little bit earlier than this, but the second half of the season, Igor was Igor. He, he played some great hockey for the Rangers and uh, keyed a lot of wins. And I think something similar could be happening here, but you know, what an opportunity for Igor to, to be able to write the ship. You got to figure he's going to be under fire. Once again, no K Andre Miller. That doesn't help either. Uh, the Maple Leafs have all this offense and, um, Igor's going to have to, he's going to have to bring it tonight. Um, if he's going to able be able to get the win and get the Rangers two points. So we keep, we'll keep our fingers crossed. That that's exactly what happens. Uh, figure we can pretty much caught there for uh, today's episode, but let me just throw out, give me Adam Fox for the game winning goal tonight. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, you know, I, I hit the VZ pick, missed a couple others. Um, so let's go with, uh, let's go with Adam Fox for this one for the, for the game winning goal for the New York Rangers. But yeah, I figure we can call it there. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to locked on NYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on NYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.